You're listening to Euros Hartley's Eyes and Ears. This is a podcast bringing you our quick take on what's happening here on the ground in our amazing home state of WA in mining and industry. I'm your host, Jess Langer. Let's get into it. In today's episode, we dig into lithium and gold. To break it down, we're joined by two of Euros Hartley's senior resource analysts, Kyle D'Souza and Michael Scantlebury. Kyle, Scants, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jess. Cheers, Jess. Scants, we'll start with you. WA seems to be evolving into the epicentre for hard rock lithium. Consolidation, new discoveries, you name it, we've got it. Can you talk us through what you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, sure. So you know, recently we've seen the um, you know the equities have, have pulled back along with the uh, along with the pricing, um, and that's largely driven out of the you know lithium carbonate and hydroxide pricing uh, in China. Uh, it's come come a fair bit off its uh, off its highs, and you know we've seen it pull back now into the low twenty thousand dollars a ton. So this is just the uh, the spot Chinese pricing, and that's led through to the um, you know the equities obviously coming back from their uh, from their highs as well. Uh, so it's an interesting kind of level here as well, in terms of the pricing. Um, you know, in the in the low twenty thousands, it was it was this time back in April May earlier this year that the uh, the price kind of found its bottom, and you know, commentary out of China is that was the uh, the cost of the lipidolite uh, supply uh, in China, and that's that that marginal uh, high cost tons that kind of came out of the market around that level, and you know, the restocking through the uh, through the supply chain kind of recommenced as well. So yeah, we'll be um yeah, we'll be looking at that um to see if if the Chinese um, lithium pricing kind of finds its bottom around here. Um, but but yeah, despite the uh, the weakening pricing, we um, hasn't stopped the appetite from the, from the corporates. And yeah, we've seen Albemarle, obviously the uh, the largest one, uh, relaunching its its bid, a six point six billion dollar um, Australian bid for for uh, for Lion Town. Um, and then uh, we've seen you know Gina take a take a stake now. It's just over touch over seven percent as well. So you know despite this um, short term weakening lithium pricing, um, you've seen these large corporates take a take a take a longer term uh, longer term view on the market. Um, and, and you know the, it's it's definitely not drying up. Um, and then obviously we've got SQM uh, moving quite early, you'd say, um, in, in uh, onto uh, onto Azure Minerals. Um, you know they took that twenty percent stake with, on the rock chips. You know that was uh, that was secured back in uh, earlier this year. Um, and then they've they've subsequently launched a bid uh, post these drilling success. Um, so you know a tier one discovery up at uh, up at the Andover project. And you know they've you just just showing how rare these discoveries are. Um, you know, we're seeing these corporates move so early uh, into a, into a drilling success uh, up at up at Andover. So yeah, it does uh, does look extremely interesting. Great. Well, there certainly is a lot of activity going on. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of the ideal lithium prospect? What does that look like? Yeah, sure. That's a, it's a tough one to uh, to kind of define, but. Um, what we're what we're kind of seeing, and um, you know, Azure has kind of set the standards, and it's a, it's a very high bar. Which the what they've done up there at Andover, you know, everyone really wants those those hundred meter true thickness intercepts, which which they do seem to have, you know, across a pretty decent strike length up at Andover. Um, so so ideally, you do want that. You know, you want that low strip ratio, so so a relatively shallow dip. Um, and, and you know those bulk tonnages because we you know we can we can dive right down into when I've got Kyle here who, who knows more about it than me being a mining engineer but that reduced mining dilution is is really crucial for these um, for these spodumene uh, producers and you know up on the um, Pilgangora site visit uh, right before diggers we, we kind of learnt around that that the ore hygiene so really just getting that clean feed into the mill as it um, it's really crucial not to um, not to contaminate that feed and, and that's just largely a, a um, you know a function of the process that they run. 
um, uh, through these uh, through these um, you know lithium concentrators, and that's around the you know, the flotation and the dense media separation circuits. So you know when you when you introduce um, this this contamination ore, it can really uh, impact you know not only just your head grade but also recoveries uh, and then c- concentrate grades and along with contaminates. So that iron content. Um, is, is a real issue for some of these uh, some of these producers. So, you know that, that all feeds back to the original drill intercepts. Is what you want is is true um, true widths, good mineable widths. You know, uh, you know it doesn't necessarily need to be 100 meters, but you know re- ideally 20 meters um, plus in an open pit over consistent um, you know mine um, you know mining mining widths and, and strike length uh, to get those clean tons when you are when you are operating in a in a mining scenario. All right, lots to think about. Moving on to stocks, Wildcat caught the market's attention and spurred a lot of excitement early this week upon release of its maiden lithium drill results. Talk us through the results. What did you see? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this one this one even caught the attention of the market prior to their uh, prior to their drilling. So um, yeah, it, 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 it's it's released its uh, maiden RC drill holes from its Tabba Tabba Lithium project. So. So these guys acquired the project from uh, from GAM, um, and they've only just um, just released their their RC drilling results, and you know some pretty interesting uh, intercepts. You know the 85 meters at 1.1 percent lithium oxide from surface, um, and you know the headline intercept was 218 meters at 0.8 percent, and that was just from uh, from 16 meters. But you know it's important to note, and, and some of the market are probably a little bit overly concerned, I'd say, but 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 still fairly um, that these drill results are down dips, so down dip of the ore body. Uh, not not true widths, um, and that was just a function of, um, you know, the early stage. Um, you know, when you when you are at these prospects on your first few holes, you're not exactly sure. They haven't got prior drill information on this central pegging site. It's never been drilled before, so the orientation of the ore body wasn't wasn't known at the time of these holes. So, you know, originally they thought it was dipping to the east, then it was dipping to the west, and then they've discovered that it was actually dipping to the uh, dipping to the east, and and hence you want to hit that on a, on a perpendicular um, um, kind of intercept to, to really find out the, the true width. So they've got the you know the three holes up there, um, showing that the pegmatite is is mineralized. Um, and then what we're you know what we're really waiting on, they've drilled out a whole bunch of uh, bunch of holes up there that have pending uh, pending assays. Um, only only twenty one assays have actually been announced across the you know across the entire project. But what we're really waiting for is those northern holes on that central pegmatite. You know the, the visuals that they released. You know on just on pegmatite, they haven't released uh, spodumene content on them. Uh, but, but you know they're holding out pretty uh, pretty decent widths. You know some of them up to one hundred and thirty meters, and it does actually look like a true width intercept um, in the, of those um, of those widths. So you know we're really looking forward to seeing some of those assays come in, and you know ideally. Um, you know, you'd like to see that above that one percent kind of grade. So, uh, it'll be yeah, it'll be really interesting to see uh, to see how, uh, how how the stock trades um, post those those assays coming out. There's some yeah, there's some good expectations in there, and it, yeah, it's definitely uh, one one to one to keep on the radar. Do we have any idea on the timeline of those the next release of those results? Yeah, they're talking to the company and they put it in the in the news release. They're expecting results every every two to three weeks, um, but some of those. Those, those true width um, intercepts that I talked to earlier, the 130 and 100 meter intercepts, are probably in the batch after that. Just given the timing of those, when those when those drill holes were actually uh, were actually put in. So, um, yeah, and then um, looking for FERB approval is probably the next uh, cab off the rank in terms of news flow for, for Wildcat. So that's just, you know, I, I doubt that there should be any issues around that, given that it's an asset going from an American company um, coming back into into Australia. So I, I can't see an issue with that. Uh, it's just a matter of timing. I would have thought on that in the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. 
We also saw a lot of movement around Azua this week following the release of drill results from Target Area 2 at its Andover project. You've been deep in the Azua story since day one. Were these results you're expecting? Yeah, sure. So, you know, you can talk about expectations on uh, on Target Area 2 were probably set by the company when it released its um, uh, um, expiration target just uh, just just before diggers and dealers. Um, you know, and you know, I think it was around 15% of their expiration target was attributed to, to Target Area 2, and that was largely based on the uh, the outcropping um, uh, pegmatite up there, which had been rock chipped for lithium. So you could you could argue that the uh, expectations were relatively high, and and it probably yeah, you know, set themselves up there. Um, just given how how truly outstanding those target area one drill results were, you know, plus hundred meter true width intercepts. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're only talking about the first two holes. So there's a bit of water under the bridge. You know, people probably overreacted um, on the, on the first two holes, given that it was only you know six meters of um, one to two percent lithium oxide. Um, so, so it's a fair bit to go there. But um, you know, you, yeah, you'd say at the moment it's um, pretty early days. But they were, you know, they were somewhat disappointing. But um, I, I'll probably give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll be able to find some uh, some more mineralization in that target area too, um, given a few more holes. But in, you know, we're expecting uh, target area three um, drilling within the within a week or so. So, um, you know, and then again, you know, expectations are, are relatively high for that area. But you know, I'd, I'd argue that they already have an economic deposit at target area one. So, that, you know, it's really back um, backstopping the valuation there at uh, for, for Azure and, and obviously with SQM previously launching a uh, launching a bid. You know that they've um, you know shown their their keen interest to acquire the asset. So. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I think there's uh, the the value of that stock's uh, relatively backstopped. It's probably a good Thanks. lesson in that as well. Scants just with rock chip sampling. I know we see it a lot with with some of the junior end of the market, and they're putting out rock chip samples. It doesn't really mean much until you drill test. So a lot of these smaller companies, you know, they'll put out rock chips, and you know, prime example, you've got 100 meter intercepts, you know, less than 600 meters away at Azure, and then a 200 meter white wide spodumene outcrop right next to it and the drill hole intercepts come back at six meters yeah absolutely i mean you see every, every single day there's probably two or three companies that will come out with some rock chips but you know it's not necessarily representative of what's truly going on under the under the ground and you know everyone always talks to the uh, the lie detector the the drill bit and you really just don't know until you drill these things um to find out what the uh, what's truly lying underneath it's only a, a very small section um at surface that that outcrops and it doesn't take a genius to to, uh, to spot a spodumene crystal and, and chip it off, and lo and behold, you've got a couple of percent uh, lithium oxide. But it really need the uh, yeah the true width um, intercepts to, to to really show what you have. Shifting gears now to gold, we all want to know: a gold stock's coming back. Is it time to buy? Kyle, who I must add is also the president of the WA School of Mines alumni, which is pretty special. Love to get your views on the gold market at the moment. So the gold market's been trending sideways for, for about three years now, Jess. We've had a few peaks, you know, which sort of signal there might be a bit more uh, interest in the sector, um, but, but it's con- continued to trade up, up and around that 1850 US mark. Now, broadly speaking, you know, in, in un- during uncertain times, and I, I definitely think no one's going to argue that we're, we're not living mm-hmm. in uncertain times, that, that there is a bit more interest and momentum in, in gold stocks. We still haven't seen it pushed down into the junior end of town, so the interest is is still in, in the producers and, and the developers. Um, but almost certainly, you know, if, if, if we start to see a breakout in gold in, in the next few months, um, which there's some commentary around that happening, 
um, then I definitely think that will flow down into the, into the junior um, and explorer space as well. But for the moment, it's a producer game and an M&A game. For the investor, we've seen a lot of results from a large number of gold companies coming out. Is grade the only factor or can we find success in high volume at lower grades? Yeah, that's, a, that's a really good question, Jess. So grade, grade, grade is important. Grade is king, as we say in mining, but there, there, there are a lot of other factors as well. So let's just take a look at what one gram of gold is worth at the moment. So that's 62 US or $96 a tonne. So if you look at underground mining, generally speaking, uh, a standard underground mine will be operating at 60 to $90 a tonne just on the mining cost. So immediately you can see that one gram doesn't work underground. So a, a few general rules that, 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 that I have when I first look at, at, at drill holes and intercepts and the like, well, it's not even that. I'll look at the management team first, location of the asset, spatially where the drill holes sit is their mineralization continuity. Um, you're looking at what the potential strip ratio could be, how deep it is, what the jurisdiction is. So grade, grade is the most important thing because that's your top line number at the end of the day when it goes through the mill and comes gold bar. It, that that's your top line revenue number, but there, there are so many other considerations that, that we look at as well. So general rule of thumb, if I was to say in scans, you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here. Um, for open pits, more than one gram, less than 100 metres deep and 10 metres thick with less than one to five strip ratio. So that's a good place to start. Um, and then for underground, you know, you wouldn't be looking at anything that's less than three and a half grams per tonne, uh, three metres thick, 300 metres of strike and 70 degree dip. So flat ore bodies are, are development intensive and very expensive. So being in the industry for 15 years and, and operating in a whole host of different mines, these are just general rules of thumb. Um, if it was if it was that easy, I guess I wouldn't have a job. And um, But, but there, there, are, there, there are a lot of considerations that, that we take into account in our analysis. All right, looking at specific gold stocks then. We've seen a nice run from Spartan of late, which of course, as we know, is the old Gascoigne resources. What can you tell us? Is it the turnaround story that it seems to be? Spartan is formerly known as, as Gascoigne Resources, a, a company with a, a checkered history. And, and there's, there's a lot of reasons why, why that company failed in the past. And you know, Simon Lawson is one of those operators and he could, he could see the opportunity here. And I think one thing that was done was he put the whole thing into care and maintenance because he discovered this new never, never load. Now, you've got a 2.5 million tonne per annum processing facility all your assets are on granted mining leases and you find 700,000 ounces at just shy of six grams a tonne, 600 metres away from your mill. I think that warrants um, certainly interest at, at this stage and it's the reason why we've covered it. But when you look at the broader gold thematic, um, issues with permitting, issues with getting capital, and now you've got a, a company that's that's got you know at least five years worth of life ahead of it just from my own analysis, that's completely undervalued. Um, I think this is just a story to follow and there's so much exploration upside here. I mean, if they find another never-never deposit, uh, you're going to have a, a gold producer that's putting two and a half million tonnes per annum at over two grams a tonne through the mill. Um, and that's certainly something worth following. Now over to producers. We saw Silver Lake take a significant stake in Red 5 earlier this week. How do you see this evolving? Is it another consolidation play? It certainly is. There, there's um, so uh, in the the note we released uh, recently, you'll you'll see that we've 
we've considered a lot of things that the market hasn't really taken a look at. So Red 5, it, it is the lowest and the largest, lowest cost and the largest mill in the region, which is strategic. It runs on gas, once again, strategic. Um, but more so than that, the, there's, a, there's a component here of, of resources in the region that are, that are completely stranded with, with no other go. They're never going to be at the size where they'll get the funding to actually monetize the assets. So Red 5, um, Genesis, whoever's got the mill controls the district, and those two companies at the moment do. Silver Lake coming in taking an 11% stake in the company, yep, at first glance you could say it's a, it's a blocking stake. Um, it's so much more than that, though. They, they get the full uplift of Red 5's business turning around. Um, from all intents and purposes, it sounds like they're, they're doing very well and they're starting to hit their straps. Once again, the issues at the past from the oxide area of the mine, um, they're gone, they're into the fresh now. Um, they've got some exceptionally good technical people within the company now. And more so than that, Silver Lake, you know, the, the, the key producing asset at Deflector and Rotsay, they've only got a year and a half uh, worth of reserves. So for, for Silver Lake, this makes complete sense because um, it offers them um, you know, an opportunity to, to not just get a stake, but an opportunity for M&A or, or potentially a full takeover down the road to, to have an asset which, is, which bolsters their reserves again. Now, in terms of Genesis and how that fits in, um, the, the company's been very clear about it being a 300,000-ounce producer, and there is no need for them to do more M&A with the resources and the assets that they've got. So, you know, what, what happens from here is anyone's guess, but certainly for, for Genesis, I, I think it'll be delivering to shareholders, which is what this management has done for years. Well, I know we'll all be watching it very closely. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, before we wrap up, I'd love to know if there's any key takeaways you want to leave with us, whether it's stocks to watch, catalysts to look out for, anything you want us to know. I'll let you go first, Gantz. <laughs> yeah, one that we're keeping an eye on at the moment is, uh, is Talk Metal, so an early stage explorer. Um, so they've got the uh, New Dawn um, pro- uh, project, which is just you know 600 metres away from the Bald Hill Lithium Mine. Uh, which is, you know, currently in, in, in receivership. So that was, you know, we saw a few media articles on that one um, recently. So that went into receivership uh, a few years ago now. Um, but, you know, there's, there's rumours or even in Minerals has announced that they've uh, launched a takeover bid for, you know, over $1.5 billion for that asset. So this uh, this new Dawn project is is 600 metres away that Talk Metals own. Uh, they've got the option to uh, to acquire it. Um, and they're, they're, they've actually only just recently commenced a, uh, a 22-hole diamond program, which is currently underway. So, you know, it's got outcropping mineralisation uh, of pigment sites. Um, they've got historical mapping uh, that's shown they are present with mineralisation there. So, uh, and it's previously been mined for tantalum. So, yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on that one. Um, it's, it's a high-risk play, but, yeah, the rewards could be large given the, um, given the proximity to, a, to an operating mine that could definitely use some, uh, some shallow uh, open pit material that, you know, potentially they have. We'll, we'll just say wait and see uh, where those assays go. Great. And you, Carl? Uh, I'd say a couple. So I'm going to say Genesis is one to watch, um, particularly as they start to ramp up production um, at at Gowalia and and Admiral. Um, They haven't really said a lot about what they're up to outside of broad broad production numbers. So so that's going to be one to watch. Um, The other one, of course, is Spartan. Uh, The upside potential here from an exploration story uh, right up to you know having a mill sitting right there ready to go 
um, that there's just so much here to, to, to like about the story and, and it's catalyst rich. So they'll have a reserve coming out um, in, in the December quarter and a decision to mine mid next year. So there's not too many stories like that around on every single metric. It's, uh, it's undervalued because of the leg- legacy issues of the past. Um, one more to watch is, is develop. So no one can quite figure out what Bill's up to. Um, and it's, it's shrouded in mystery, but I'm going to try and crack it a little bit. Um, yeah, great. Woodlawn is an asset that's, that's arguably fully valued at the moment. It's sitting there and it's, he's got full optionality on the copper and, and zinc price to pull that into production. The big play here is the underground lithium mining. Scant's touched on this before about not all ore bodies are the same. And if you look at that area around Mount Marion, a lot of those assets will never be mined with an open pit. They can only ever be mined underground. And I believe with Bill putting his foot on Pioneer Dome, he will position himself as the preeminent lithium mining mine off the district and others will not have a choice other than to use him. Kyle Scants, thank you so much for your insights. It's been great. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us and we'll see you for our next episode. Thanks, Jess. Cheers, Jess. The Euros Hartley's Eyes and Ears podcast is prepared, approved and distributed by Euros Hartley's Limited, AFSL 230052. Information discussed is for general information purposes only and does not take into account specific client investment objectives, financial circumstances or needs. Please ensure you seek independent financial advice prior to making any investment decisions. For further information, please contact Euros Hartleys or visit www.euroshartleys.com.